This anointed teaching by Apostle Theo Volmerans comes to you from Christian Family Church International. Hi, everybody. So glad we can be together again. Okay, today's message is going to be very encouraging to us all. I believe you will be all blessed, praise God. And I believe you will enjoy this series tremendously. This is part two in our series, Come to Me, All of You Who Are Weary and Carry Heavy Burdens, and I'll Give You Rest. We're living in a world of turmoil, confusion, many challenges and problems, and if ever we need to have rest, it's today. And so God has provided for us a way of receiving rest. Before we get into our message, I'd like to pray for all the dads, all the fathers on this wonderful, special Father's Day occasion. So I ask all fathers, would you kindly stand in the house? Give them a great big hand clap, everybody. Praise God. So wonderful to see all the dads. Stretch out your hands towards all the fathers in the house. And let's pray for them, a special blessing on this wonderful day. Father, we thank you for all the fathers. Fathers play such an important role in our society today because we know that the children that they raised will follow their example and become men of God just like them. In a world that's sadly lacking role models, you've called these men to be exactly that. So we thank you, Father, for giving them courage and strength and favor to carry on, to persevere, to be the role model in their home and wherever they are known and wherever they go. In the name of Jesus, we thank you for your protection over them. We thank you for prospering them and blessing them on this special occasion. In Jesus' name. And everybody said, Amen. Praise God. Okay, let's open our Bibles to Matthew 11, verse 28. Matthew 11, verse 28, as we continue part two in our subject, Come to me, all you that are weary, and carry heavy burdens, and I'll give you rest. Then Jesus said, Come to me, all you who are weary and carry heavy burdens, and I'll give you rest. So as I said, we're living in a world that's full of chaos and turmoil, confusion and challenges. If ever we need that rest that he's talking about us today. And uh, as we heard last weekend, this is talking primarily about salvation that he's offering. That's how we receive the rest. We might say the salvation is the door by which we go through into the rest. But there are other components that are necessary if you want to walk in this rest as a believer. And we're going to be talking about one of them today. So let's go back to the Old Testament, please, to Isaiah chapter 28 and verse 11. I'd like you to get your own Bible out and look at it. I'm going to wait just a moment for you to turn to Isaiah 28 and go to verse 11. You need to see this in your own Bible. This is very important. 
You might not have understood this when you read through your scriptures, but today you will. All right, God says, for with stammering lips, stammering lips, stuttering lips, and another tongue, or other tongues, he will speak to this people. To whom he said, this is the rest with which you may cause the weary to rest, and this is the refreshing. So here God is clearly talking about a future time where people will speak in other tongues, where people will speak in other tongues. This is back in the Old Testament, hundreds of years before the day of Pentecost in Acts chapter 2. And clearly Isaiah is prophesying and telling God's people that there's coming a time when people will speak in other tongues, with stammering lips in another tongue, God will speak to us. And God says, this is the rest and this is the refreshing. In other words, praying in tongues is an important part of staying full of God's presence and God's joy. This is the refreshing. This is the rest. I'll say it again. Praying in tongues is an important component, part, of staying full of God's presence and God's joy. So without praying in tongues, the believer is not going to enjoy the fullness of the joy of God and the presence of God, the rest of God that he mentions here. To whom this is the rest with which you may cause the weary to rest, and this is the refreshing. Okay. All right. Now, let's go, please, to Acts chapter 2. I'm going to talk about this Isaiah 28 later on again. All right, Acts chapter 2, please, and verse 1. When the day of Pentecost had come, they were all together in one place. Suddenly a sound, like the blowing of a violent wind, came from heaven and filled the whole house where they were sitting. They saw what seemed to be tongues of fire, that separated and came and rested on each of them. That's the NIV. All of them were filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak in other tongues as the Spirit enabled them to do. Now, we studied this in depth last weekend, so I'm not going to do that again. And I'm going to just refresh your memory. This was during the feast of Pentecost, when thousands of visitors came from all over the world to Jerusalem to celebrate the first fruits of the wheat harvest and the giving of the law of Moses. So those feasts were very important to the Israelites, so there were a lot of visitors in town. And now these believers in the upper room on Mount Zion in Jerusalem were filled with the Holy Ghost overcome by the joy of God, could hardly stand on their feet, could hardly walk, 
They looked like drunk people, according to the crowds that gathered. They came down out of the building, out of the upper room, down the stairs, into the streets of the city. 3,000 people gathered to watch them, as we learned last week. And then Peter gets up to speak to them, and he tells them that they're not drunk, as they suppose, since it's only the third hour of the day. And after his sermon, these people ask Peter this question in Acts chapter 2, verse 37. When the people heard this, they were cut to the heart and said to Peter and the other apostles, Brothers, what shall we do? What are we supposed to do now? Because now they realize Jesus was crucified. They were part of that. They should not have done it. It was a great sin. The Holy Ghost came down, bypassed them, and entered the upper room. They left behind. They're on the outside looking in. How did this all happen? Right under their noses. What are we going to do? So Peter says, In verse 38, Acts 2, repent and be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ for the forgiveness of your sins, and you will receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. Watch this now. You receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. The promise is for you and your children and for all who are far off, for all whom the Lord our God will call. So Peter says, this gift of speaking in tongues, which you see here now, taking place in the 120, was brought them so much joy and blessing, they are laughing and laughing and laughing, and they can't even hardly stand their feet. What you're seeing happen there is for you as well. It's for everybody who believes in Jesus. Now then, we know a little later, Peter and John go to the temple. And there's a layman sitting at the gate. And Peter says to him, silver and gold I do not have, but what I do have I'll give you. Takes him by the hand, says, in the name of Jesus, get up, and the man leaps and walks. Again, thousands of people gather to, uh, to come and see What's going on is this man's leaping and jumping and praising God with joy. And uh, Peter preaches to them. In Acts chapter 3, verse 19, he says this, Repent, therefore, and be converted, that your sins may blot it out, so times of refreshing may come from the presence of the Lord. So in both books of Uh, Both chapters of Acts, chapter 2 and chapter 3, Peter gives them more or less the same instruction and then talks about the Holy Spirit. The first in chapter 2, he says, this gift that you're looking at is for you. In Acts chapter 3, he talks about it as being a time of refreshing. The Holy Spirit will bring you refreshing. That's what he's telling them here. So that the times of refreshment may come from the presence of the Lord. He's talking about the gift of the Holy Spirit 
speaking in tongues, being refreshed by this. He's actually really indirectly quoting Isaiah 28 and verse 12, which we just started out reading at the beginning of our message. To whom he said, this is the rest with which you may cause the way to rest, and this is the refreshing. You see? With stammering lips and other tongue, I'll speak to these people. So Peter is referring to what Isaiah prophesied right here, which they know about. These are Jews. They know perfectly well what Isaiah said. So there's confirmation then from the Old and New Testament that praying in tongues brings refreshing. It brings the presence of the Lord. As I said, being saved is vitally important. Can't do without that. But being full of the Holy Ghost is a vital component, part of walking in the presence of God and the joy of the Lord. I know in my own personal life, there's no way I can walk in God's peace, joy, and blessing if I don't spend time praying in tongues every day. No way. If I don't spend time, well, I was just on vacation right now. We're in Hawaii. Praise God for that. Wonderful blessing of the Lord. But every day I had to spend time praying in tongues. I couldn't go out there and enjoy the day if I didn't. I'm not in bondage to it. It's just like eating. You know, I'm not in bondage to eating. I enjoy eating. I want to eat, right? So do you. It's not a bondage. Oh, I have to eat again today. No, I want to eat today. Oh, I have to drink water today. How terrible. No, I want to drink water today. That's how it is. I want to pray today. Praise God. I can't go out without praying. I just don't feel good. I just don't have the joy in my heart that I want. Once I spend time with the Lord, I'm refreshed, full of joy, go out and happy to have a wonderful day. All right. So number one, they received Christ as their Savior. Number two, they got full of the Holy Ghost and they spoke in tongues. Number three, they were all immediately baptized in water. That happened in Acts chapter 2 and Acts chapter 3. Both those three steps happened, one, two, three. That's the formula. That's a winning formula. Get saved, get full of the Holy Ghost, get baptized in water. I recommend that to every believer in Jesus. And once that's happened, the revival began. The book of Acts is a great revival. Now let's go to Acts chapter 10 and verse 27. Look at what the anointing provides. And the yoke will be destroyed because of the anointing. Family of God, the presence of the Lord breaks bondages. Breaks bondages and addictions. It breaks the hold and influence of demons. Sets us free. Praise his wonderful name for freedom. Then go to 2 Corinthians 3 verse 17. Now, the Lord is the Spirit, and where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom. So walking in the presence of God means a walk in freedom. A walk in freedom. Who would not want that? 
So praying in tongues is a way of staying refreshed, in peace, no matter what's going on, allowing God not only to provide, but to solve problems and encourage us at the same time. 1 Corinthians 14, verse 4. He who speaks in a tongue edifies himself, but he who prophesies edifies the church. Look at that there again. He who speaks in a tongue edifies himself. What's that mean, edify? Well, the Greek word for edify here is oikodomio and means to recharge, to build up, to strengthen, to encourage. So when I pray in tongues, I recharge myself, build myself up, strengthen myself, and encourage myself by praying in tongues. You know, in the old days, if a car battery went dead, you would um, take it down to the garage and put it on a 48-hour direct voltage, direct current, actually, charge, a direct current charge. And uh, you take your battery, if, if it wasn't broken, that is, and you take your battery back, put it in the car, and it will start the car and work just perfect. Nowadays, they don't waste time with that. They just get a new one. But that battery that went flat or died could be recharged in the old days. And we need to be recharged like that battery. Because if we go one, two days without praying in the spirit, our spiritual battery runs dry. It runs down. The anointing in us fades. So we need to spend time with God. Just like anything needs to be charged, plug it into the plug in the wall, get it recharged, like your cell phone. We are like that cell phone. We need to be recharged, spending time with God. God made it that way. He didn't just get us saved once, get full of the Holy Ghost, and then, hey, off you go, you don't have to talk to me again. No, God wants fellowship. He wants us to be close to him. So he made it that way, that we need to come to him for fellowship every day. And it's in that fellowship that we are strengthened, encouraged, built up, and recharged. Now go to Jude 1, verse 20, in the back of your New Testament. Jude 1, verse 20. There's only one chapter. But you, beloved, building yourselves up on your most holy faith, praying in the Holy Spirit. But you, beloved, building yourselves up on your most holy faith, praying in the Holy Spirit. Now, some folks think God's telling us faith comes by praying in tongues. It's not what he said here. Not what he said. He is saying that you build yourself up based on the faith you really have. So, for example... If you've got one acre of faith uh, or one acre of land and you plant seed, you've got to get one acre harvest. But if you've got 10 acres of land and you plant 10 acres of seed, you're going to get a 10-acre harvest. So God is saying whatever the 
strength of your faith is that that's the amount of harvest you're going to get when you pray in tongues. According to faith be it unto you, but when you pray in tongues, you'll get strengthened by the Spirit of God. Praying in tongues builds yourself up, it says here. You, beloved, building yourselves up by praying by most holy faith, praying in the, in the Holy Ghost. So this is not something God does for me. It's something I do by tapping into God. It's something I do by fellowshipping with God. I build myself up. I encourage myself. So if we want to walk in the joy of God, I recommend get born again and pray in tongues. And you'll stay full of joy. It's not rocket science. God's made it so that anybody can do it. We can all walk in the joy of the Lord. Hallelujah. All right, praise God. So now this morning, if you want to be filled with God's joy, you can also come and have hands laid on you. You might be going through all sorts of challenges today, all sorts of problems, and you just might need a believer to pray with you and agree with you and minister to you. The pastors and leaders are going to be up in the front here right now. Come on down, and um, they're waiting for you to lay hands on you and minister to you. Come right now. You can be full of joy and be blessed. And if you do not speak in tongues, now's the time to come and receive this free gift. Like Peter said, it's for you and your children and as many as the Lord has called. Amen? Praise God. Come on down. Go ahead, pastors and leaders, and pray for the people. And once we're done with that, then we'll do the altar call. Praise God. All right, family. As soon as you are finished being prayed for, you can go back to your seats now. Take your seats, and we are going to make sure everybody here is born again. Everybody here has the opportunity to know Jesus. So would you kindly bow your heads and close your eyes. Jesus Christ was punished on the cross in your place. He took your punishment for your sins. He went to hell in your place. God punished Jesus. Therefore, you have been forgiven. The whole world has been forgiven. Past, present, future. Christ was punished for the sins of humanity. You have been forgiven. Now, you do not have to go to hell. You can accept this free gift of Jesus, the price he paid for your forgiveness. And if you want to do that, say this prayer with me. Say this prayer with me. If you want to make sure that you receive the forgiveness that Jesus offers and that you will go to heaven one day, then say this prayer with me. And I invite everybody to say that the prayer 
along with you right now. Everybody, please. Those of you watching at home, say this prayer with me as well. All right, let's do this. Dear God, we can do better than that. Dear God, thank you for sending Jesus to die on that cross in my place. You punished him for my sins so I can be forgiven. Please forgive me, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Come into my heart. Thank you, Lord. I declare you are my Lord and my Savior, and I will live for you with all my heart from this day forward. And therefore, I am your child. I am now born into God's family. I am now bound for heaven. Praise God, I'm saved. Thank you, Jesus. All right, if you said that, even at home, watching online, God bless you, stay in fellowship with Jesus, and we will see you in heaven. You are guaranteed to make it. Do not turn away from the Lord. If you don't, you will be guaranteed to make it. All right, we love you all, and we will see you next weekend for another great service right here at Christian Family Church. We want to encourage you to come to church next weekend. I like what Pastor Reddick said. He said, if you're in a hotel room, next to somebody else who's having a shower in their hotel room, and you can hear them showering, you're not going to get wet. You have to get in the shower yourself to get wet. So just watching online is great. Imagining that you're in the shower, but come to church, get in the presence of God, get into the worship, get into the anointing, and have a real Holy Ghost encounter next weekend as we continue on this very important, exciting subject. God richly bless you. Dr. Bev and I are praying for you continually. We love you with all our hearts. God bless. Thank you for joining us during this episode of Living Life with Dr. Theo and Bev Volmerantz. We hope that through this inspired teaching, you had an encounter with God. If you enjoy the teaching ministry of Apostle Theo and Dr. Bev Volmerantz and would like to enjoy more resources, we hope you will visit our website at www.christianfamilychurch.co.za or for our American listeners, www.christianfamilychurchsa.com. 